listening to the Terry and Jesse show, two Catholics with a PhD in common sense. I'm reporting for duty. Terry, what about you? Yes, I'm reporting for duty. Today's Thursday. I want to encourage everyone. This is the day we pray before the Blessed Sacrament from 7 7 p.m. to 9 for our priests, our bishops, and the Pope because Holy Thursday was the day we instituted, Jesus instituted the Eucharist and the priesthood. So I want to remind everybody, sometimes we talk about all this craziness going on, but we all can participate by making reparation for these sacrileges that are happening in our church. And uh, I just want to remind you that. And just today, uh, boy, uh, it's sick. I mean, this is how sick our culture is. The Biden administration, Health Secretary Levine, she says uh, youth to get gender affirm- uh, affirmation treatment, which is a crazy thing that the, the government is endorsing. And then another sick one, I call it sick, but t- Senator Cruz from uh, Texas, a Republican, is sharing, you know, these grisly details from a recent border trip. I mean, the, the situation down on the border is horrendous, and I don't even like to talk about it, but it's got to stop because there are people down there being abused big time. But my favorite, and most of them, are, most of them are Catholics. And most of them are most Catholics. Of the people and we're that are being raped and abused and, and sodomized are Catholics. Exactly, Jesse. That's why it needs to be exposed. Unfortunately. But my favorite for today is the stealth evangelization through music and beauty. We go throughout the church history. The church has always used music and art to convey beauty of our Catholic faith. But before, by the we, way, are we gonna are we gonna have uh, Doug on today or tomorrow? Doug Barry, just to let you people know, tomorrow the second segment, oh, okay. we'll have him on talking about his his movie that he put together. It's on YouTube and it's really an eye opener. Jess, he's done a lot of work, and we want to promote that for him. Oh, yeah, it's outstanding. I hey, watched hey, it Jesse, if, exactly. Jess, before we get into some good news things, I just want to remind everybody about the church. And I, I think of the church's history. The church cannot be the salt of the earth, which it's called to it be, if we keep sugarcoating the gospel. And what I mean by sugarcoating the gospel, just compromising teachings and saying, we're going to, hey, come on in. You know, we'll let you, we'll, we'll compromise on this, but we need people in the pews. No. And I think of Dietrich Bonhoeffer, who said something as a Protestant that was very Catholic. He said, cheap grace is preaching of forgiveness without requiring repentance, baptism without church discipline, communion without confession. Cheap grace is grace without discipleship. Grace without the cross, grace without Jesus Christ living and incarnate. Jess, when I read that, I said, he, he, he's a Protestant, but he sounds more Catholic than a lot of our prelates. Yeah, he, he paid a price for it. He died a martyr. Uh, that was the truth. The, uh, Third Reich. Yeah. We need to tell the truth. Go ahead, Jess. You got Let's it. Let's get some, yeah, let me just, yeah, hit some good yeah, let news. Let me just mention a couple of a couple news items, and yeah. then we'll get into today's sure. holy gospel. You bet. Here's the good news item. Thieves return a relic. I don't know if you've heard about yes. this, but last month someone broke into a medieval French church and they stole the golden reliquary. But after news reports stated that the reliquary contained the precious blood of Jesus, the thieves apparently had second thoughts. They Good. thought that they were going to be they thought that they're going to be cursed or something. I hope so. So uh the thieves uh I got their attention. They contacted de- uh, detective uh Arthur Brand uh, he said the reliquary turned up on his doorstep, <laughs> and they had no idea what what they had stolen until they found out on the Internet. And that's when they started panicking a bit. Again, they thought that they were going to be cursed by God for doing it. So they had they, – they, they basically – They repented. They turned, they turned it to law enforcement. <laughs> law enforcement returned it to the church. That was good. Good for them. Good for them. Also, 
Pope Francis uh, this week, uh, well, actually uh, on, on Monday, he gave a speech in rural Canada. He apologized to a crowd of indigenous Canadian people for the mm-hmm. Catholic Church's role in running much of Canada's government-sponsored residential school system. And during more than a century of operation, the system worked to stamp out aspects of native culture, language, and religious practices. The Catholic News Agency reported that Pope Francis says, quote, I am here because, because the first step of my penitential pilgrimage among you is that of, again, asking forgiveness, of telling you once more that I'm deeply sorry. Terry, I don't know. Can I, I, can I when, just, Jeff, let me just jump in for a minute. Go ahead. Church Militant did a great service to the church when it did a report on that whole aspect of what happened in Canada. And all I ask people to do is read it because a lot of what the media has been saying that happened in that 100-year period did not happen, Yes, That's all I'll say. Here's a bit of good news. Uh, Trump blasts education establishment. Yeah, former President Donald Trump in a speech at Turning Point over the weekend. As he should. Turning Point USA Student Action Summit. He called on conservatives to, quote, liberate America's children from corrupt education officials. Beautiful. He also said, quote, the current educational system is sick. <laughs> you can't teach the Bible, but you can teach children that America's evil and that men can get pregnant. Yeah. You would not trust these people to babysit your children for 20 minutes, close quote, from former President Trump. Once again, uh, this is why he got elected, uh, you know, uh, the first time around because of his his moral clarity. Also, the last thing I want to mention is about monkeypox. Yes. It's been declared by the World Health Organization. Uh, they've declared a global health emergency. Mm-hmm. They've uh, the WHO has declared monkeypox a whole a global health emergency. WHO director Tedros uh, Ghebreyesus he said the disease, which primarily affects men who engage in homosexual acts, is spreading rapidly through new modes of transmission around the world. Uh, world Health Organization director Tedros directed the organization to declare monkeypox a public health emergency of international concern. Well, he already told us what the problem was. It's sodomy, Terry. Absolutely. And Jesse, one more quick note. The U.S. economy just hit a second quarter of negative growth, so it's in a recession. But uh, unfortunately, the Biden administration wants to redefine what a recession is, and they're not acknowledging this. So I I just say that uh, in not just the financial aspects of our country is a mess, but more importantly, our moral aspects of this uh, administration is just turning our country into uh, you know a bloodbath in the sense of our morals. And I just want to say, let's keep praying uh, for well, this. That, that's what the left is famous for, Terry. It's verbal engineering. Yeah. They don't know what a woman is. Yeah. They don't know what a baby is. They don't know what a recession, know what a recession huh? is. Yeah. That's well called said, verbal Justin. engineering. Good point. Let's get some soul food in our soul now after all that baloney. Yeah. Gospel of St. Matthew, today's yeah. gospel. Speak, Lord, your servants are listening. Chapter 13, verses 45 and yeah. following. Jesus said to the disciples, the kingdom of heaven is like a net thrown into the sea, mm-hmm. which collects fish of every kind. When it is full, they haul it ashore and sit down to put what is good into buckets. What is bad, they throw away. Thus it will be at the end of the age. The angels will go out and separate the wicked from the righteous and throw them into the fiery furnace, where there will be wailing and grinding of teeth. That's called judgment day, when everything is going to be sifted by the angels. Our Lord says, do you understand all these things? They answered, yes. And he replied, 
then every scribe who has been instructed into the that has been instructed in the kingdom of heaven is like the head of a household who brings from his storeroom both the new and the old. When Jesus finished these parables, he went away from there, the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Something interesting about today's gospel that St. Matthew, when he wrote when he wrote it in Greek, I know we translate it good fish and bad fish, yeah. but he actually said in Greek, beautiful fish and rotten fish. Right. Which is a little bit more uh, descriptive. Yes. At the end of time, there's going to be beautiful fish. What does it mean by beautiful? Those whose souls are are radiating with sanctifying grace. Yeah. And then at the end, at the general judgment, there's going to be those souls that are rotten. They're putrid because their souls are uh, are just chock full of mortal sin. They lived a life of mortal sin and they died that way in unrepentant, unconfessed mortal sin. Another thing that's important here is, is th- this is called the parable of the dragnet is what it's called. It's the day of judgment. It's the end of the world when the righteous are going to be separated from the wicked. Again, the beautiful from the rotten in Greek. But leading up to this event, men and women are gathered into the kingdom from all nations. Just as a net is pulled from the sea and it collects various aspects of fish, the fishermen of the parable are the apostles and the missionaries of the church. And the angels are the ones that are going to be doing the sifting, the separating. The angels are linked, again, they're always linked with the second coming of Christ. Then our Lord also says, he talks about these scribes. Who are the scribes? These are the legal ex- experts in the first century Judaism. And here he denotes that the apostles uh, instructed for the kingdom, Jesus equips them to evangelize and to catechize. Uh, what does he want to catechize them about? About the world, about the treasure, that hidden treasure. In the old covenant, which is manifested in the new covenant, we call Jesus Christ and his holy gospel. We also see in Matthew's own ministry, he follows the pattern that he continually he continually cites the Old Testament in order to explain its fulfillment, which is Jesus Christ in the New Testament. Jesus is that pearl of great price that we're all looking for. Amen. And this Fulton Sheen quote is going to fit right into the gospel. Let's bring the smartest guy into the room right now. Full Sheen ahead, Bishop Sheen. Okay, it's on security and temp as temporal. Bishop Sheen says this 70 years ago, and it's, a pri- it's, it's true today. An overemphasis on the temporal security is a compensation for the loss of the sense of eternal security. Meaning that we put so much emphasis on this health of this 100 years, 80 years for those who are strong. And really, what Jess just said, our Lord is saying, life is short. Eternity is forever. We need to focus on the next life. And how do we do that? By deepening our relationship with Jesus Christ and his bride, the church. Yes, when we come back, wow, this is crazy what our country, what our administration of the United States is doing to our children. And we must, must speak up for the truth. You're listening to the Terry and Jesse Show. When we come back, we'll hit you with this story from the Biden administration that is really sad, but the truth has to come out on it. Stay with us. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. To join the conversation, call 888-526-2151. Now, here's Terry and Jesse. Joe Biden's assistant Mm. health secretary, uh, Levine, Rachel Levine, who's a male that thinks thinks he's a female, 
Levine said that he's he wants to empower the youth to get gender affirmation treatment. Ugh. Is this microphone on? Yeah, horrible. Are you, Can you kidding me? Jesse, let me ask you a question. 20 years ago, could you imagine this happening in our country? I, I really couldn't. No. No, Terry. No, I, I, this is unbelievable. This, this is, yeah, this is... It's like we're living in another world. It's like we've entered like, into a into, twilight zone, man. Yeah, the ti- exactly. I hear the to- when I see Biden and I <laughs> he speaks. Yeah, I hear the twilight zone music, music. Yeah, you know this reminds me of that book, A Brave New World, written almost a hundred years mm. ago. This is what they're trying to do to the, to our country. Yeah. So Monday during an appearance on MSNBC's Andrea Mitchell reports, Assistant Health Secretary Rachel Levine, a male who thinks he's a female. The first high-ranking openly transgender official confirmed by the U.S. Senate mm. argued for health policy to support trans youth, given what she deemed what what he, what he deemed to be vulnerabilities to their mental health. Yep. Part of the recommendation was for gender affirmation treatment in states where legislatures had blocked it, and this is what Rachel Levine, uh, this male that thinks he's a female. That's an that's uh, now an admiral, an admiral, and the highest ranking official in the U.S. Senate. He said, "Well, you know, trans youth are vulnerable, and they suffer significant harassment and bullying, sometimes in schools or their community." Levine said, "They have more mental health issues, but there's nothing inherent with being transgender Wrong. Or, or gender diverse." What, yeah, what a lie, oh, which would predispose youth to depression or anxiety. Terrible. Completely false statement. It's that harassment and bullying. Now they're suffering politically motivated attacks through state sanctions against these vulnerable transgender youth. This is not based upon data. These oh. actions are politically motivated. Mm-hmm. And so we really want to base our treatment and affirm and to support and empower these youth not to limit their participation activities in sports and even limit their ability to get gender affirmation treatment in their state. All I could say is this describes precisely what Sister Lucia called yep. the diabolical disorientation of the 20th century. And the final destruction of the family. She talked about this coming. And you know, Jess, I have the catechism of the Catholic Church in my hands. I, I believe that the best uh, defense is an offense. When it comes to error, am I on something, Jesse? I mean, yeah. we need to have uh, we need to have answers that are beautiful and attracting and real and true. So when these things come up, you need to have high, you need to be a high information Catholic to go after these errors. And I call this errors. Absolutely, yeah. Go ahead, Terry. Uh, and we're also seeing teachers are told to keep parents in the dark. Oh yeah, over in Steve. over in Montgomery County. Yeah. The public schools in Maryland, they've instructed the school staff to hide children's transgender status from mom and dad. Unbelievable. If the school believes parents would resist their children transitioning to another sex. Yeah. So this is according to the school district's guidelines for student gender identity, which reads in part, quote, that providing support for a student is critical even when the family is non-supportive. So some of these public schools across the country... I dare say probably in California, yeah. are pitting their the parents against oh, yeah. their children. They're not allowing their parents to make decisions for their children who are minors still under their care. And Jesse, this is why I make an appeal to mom and dad listening. Get your kids out of the public school system. 
Really? Yeah. I don't care if it's just yeah. California. This, what goes in California goes You're right. uh, to the other states. And, you know, we now have our Good Shepherd Academy as a sponsor for Virgin Most Powerful here in Southern California. <clears throat> You'll hear the commercials at our sh- on, when we're on commercial breaks. But this is a, a group called the Good Shepherd Academy as a traditional <clears throat> approach to uh, education, Catholic education. The kids are going to get the Mass every day. They got Sacrament of Confession available to them. I just want to encourage mom and dad, we don't have to put up with this. We have choices. And I know you can say, well, it's going to cost whatever it takes, whatever sacrifices that need to be made to get our children outside, uh, whether it's homeschooling or these academies or private schools that are run by lay people who love Jesus, who have a traditional approach to education. That's how we have to avoid these public schools, because right now the public schools are evil. Yes, Terry, you're right. And I'll tell you, this whole transgender ideology this or this program, it started with Barack Obama. People forget that it was back in May 13, 2016. Let me take you down memory lane. Mm. It was the Obama administration. Please of course, do. Biden was a VP. Yep. Obama issued a unilateral order in 2016 that all public schools allow members of one biological sex to use the showers, locker rooms, and restrooms of the opposite sex. He did this with a stroke of the pen through executive order. And so this has started a revolution, and the Democrats and, and Biden has continued this revolution. Yeah. Terry, we've been warned about the fact that the devil has a certain domination over education. It's right in the catechism. That's right, Jesse. In paragraph 407, the catechism says that the devil has acquired a certain domination over man, and the four areas that the devil dominates are the first one, education, politics, social action, and morals. Education is listed as number one. Yep. And as a result of Obama's executive order and uh, Biden's uh, executive order as well, Terry, what, th- this is tyranny. The, the transgenderism, when the Democrats are in charge, they're tyrannical. And I think this is why Father Gable Amorth, rest in peace, he says that the devil likes to, 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 to take over those who hold political office. Why? Because, again, they can maximize the damage in society. And uh, Father Gabriel Amorth, he says, you know, again, quoting the gospel, he says, by their fruits, you will know them. Yeah. You know what side Obama and Biden, uh, you know what side they're on, uh, you know, because there's only two teams. You got God's team and you got Satan's team. You got the culture of life. You got the culture of death. You definitely know what team Obama and Biden are in, Terry. Yes, I'd like to quote just to f- confirm what you just said with the Catechism of the Catholic Church, paragraph 409. This dramatic situation of the whole world, which is in the power of the evil one, makes man's life a battle. See, many people don't realize there's a battle. Here's here's what's said right here. The whole of man's history has been the story of a dour combat with the powers of evil, stretching so that our Lord tells us from the very dawn of history until the last day, finding himself in the midst of battlefield, man has to struggle to do what is right, Mm. And it is a great cost to him. Hey, that's right. And aided by the God's grace that he succeed in achieving his own inner integrity. Just this is nothing new. We're 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 in the battle for our soul. Yes, we are. Terry, uh, again, uh, the whole transgender ideology it contradicts basic biology. Y- you think? Okay. <laughs> it, it it's it's. Uh, I mean, you can read, for example, the American College of Pediatricians. Yeah. They say, quote, human sexuality is an objective biological binary trait. 
XY and XX are genetic markers of health, not genetic markers of a disorder. And so, I mean, you, you, you know, but again, the left is telling kids and parents th- that they can become the opposite sex. This is called gaslighting. Yes, theory. it is. That's exactly. Yeah. Gaslighting means when somebody in authority, they're trying to psychologically manipulate your, your, your understanding of reality. They want you to question your own sanity. Like, well, the Bible calls this deception in Revelation chapter 12, verse 9. And we know who the father of deception is. It's the devil. And this is also called in the Bible lies. We know who the father of lies is. The bottom line is yep. the whole transgender movement, it contradicts biology and it contradicts science. And uh, and again, I, I just went into a, a transgender website right now. I'm reading from one of their authors. He's a... A transgender apologist. He he admits this there. He admits this. He says, he says, biological reality does not determine one sex. I'm, <laughs> I'm reading from a transgender website. Uh-huh. He says, feelings do. Oh, my gosh. No, that's so it. they admit, they admit, transgender apologist, they admit that they're not, their ideology is not based on science and biology. It's based on feelings. Yeah. And, and Jesse, just to add to that, we know statistically these folks who have sexual misidentity, that they're thinking that they're a man when they're a woman and vice versa. The psychological effects of that, they have depression, suicidal tendencies, their suicide rates are so oh, high. Yeah. I mean, just on, the, uh, just on homosexuality, we know that these people have over 100 partners on an average for their lifespan of yeah. having sex with people. I mean, mm-hmm. obviously, this is not good for the natural aspect of the body, whether it's physically. They get into all kinds of diseases. We just talked about the monkeypox. All this is bad for them. But more importantly, and that's not our major concern. I want to see those people know Jesus Christ and get to heaven. That's my ultimate question, why I want to expose these errors. That's, that's absolutely right. And if somebody wants to do a, a deep dive into this, yeah. I would recommend that they go to a, a website called sexchangeregret.com. Oh, that's a great site. I've been on sexchangeregret.com. Yeah. It's written by Walt Walt Heyer. Yeah. He's the man who regrets having that's lived right. with a woman for many years. Yep. And uh and he he uh, he says that the transgender movement shattered my life. Yep. He says I have regrets. I despair. I was suicidal. He says this is common among those of us who adopt the transgender lifestyle. So uh, if if you want to see somebody who's been there and has deep regrets, it's called sexchangeregret.com. But uh, again, Terry, why are we talking about this? Uh, because it's a spiritual work of mercy. Exactly. Instruct the ignorant. Yes. We have to instruct the ignorant. And ignorant doesn't mean stupid. What it means is you lack information. That's what it means in Greek. You lack information. But the catechism basically sums up why why we have so many problems in our society, so many moral problems. In paragraph 2087, the catechism says, ignorance of God is the principal explanation of all deviations. We need to repeat that, Jesse. That's so profound. 2000. 87. Yeah, All the here. problems that we have, everything, marijuana, yep. homosexuality, fornication, orgies, abortion, wars, every problem we have, every problem, transgender, it's, it's, this is reason. And you notice that's under the first commandment, one of the most. I'm going to make a recommendation right now, Jesse, that everyone open up their catechism to paragraph 2084 
and read that section on the first commandment because it really does state this. I, I, I have highlighted on 2086 where I said the first commandment embraces faith, hope, and charity. When we say God, we confess a constant unchangeable being. See, we need to be grounded in this truth about who we are. And the catechism does that with scripture better than yeah. anything I know, Jess. Yeah, and the next paragraph, 2087, it says, yep. Ignorance of God is the principal explanation <laughs> of all deviation. Well said. Well said. Yep. Yeah, yeah. All right, we're going to come back. God help us. Yes, God help us, because we have to deal with another horrible situation in our country and shed the light of Christ on it. It's a... Uh, the grisly details of what's going on at our border in Mexico. These are mostly Catholic men and women yep. who are being treated like animals or much worse. Stay with us, family. You're listening to the Terry and Jesse Show. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. To join the conversation, call 888-526-2151. Now, Here's Terry and Jesse. Grizzly, grizzly details. Last week in their southern border trip that they all participated in, mm -hmm. they said that they witnessed evidence of several sexual abuse of migrant women and children. Horrible. And they called on the Biden administration and Congress to take steps to secure the border. But, of course, that's going to fall on deaf ears. Oh, yeah. Senator Ted Cruz. Republican from Texas, and Joni Ernst, Republican from Iowa, recounted the evidence of rape, <laughs> abandoned children, and deaths they saw while touring the Mexican border at a press conference in Washington, D.C. on Wednesday. Terrible. With Ted Cruz calling the plight of migrants, quote, the worst plague of slavery in America since the Civil War. That's a fair statement from what I'm reading. Yes. Modern-day slavery. You got it. Ted Cruz brought colored wristbands that he said cartels officiating human struggling tag their victims oh, with. Gosh. Each signifying the amounts in thousands of dollars that the person owes the cartel for passing to the United States. One was very small and hadn't been cut, meaning an even smaller child's hand slipped out of it. In the second group, Ted Cruz says we encountered were two seven-year-old girls. Each of her each of her was an unaccompanied minor. Their parents weren't there. They had no family members. They were not sisters. They were two seven-year-old girls all alone with a group of strangers who had been transported by violent drug cartels, said T Senator Horrible. Ted Cruz. The Border Patrol showed us a patch of grass about 100 yards from where we were standing, said Ted Cruz, where just a couple of weeks earlier, two other little girls, five and six years old, had been violently raped Horrible. by the cartels. In fact, the cartel, Ted Cruz says the cartels have rape trees, not Christmas trees, rape trees, where they hang the undergarments of women and girls they rape as trophies and as they taunt law enforcement. Ted Cruz also said that local landowners showed them pictures of the bodies of migrants who are left for dead on their properties. Oh. This is not humane. This is not compassion, says Ted Cruz. This is cruel, it's vicious, it's evil, and it's deliberate. And it needs to stop. Yeah. Senator Ernst from Iowa said that compared to her last trip to the border several years ago, 
the situation is infinitely worse today. And she also focused on the extreme hazards to young children and related a story. She heard from a Border Patrol agent about how their search and rescue teams spent two days unsuccessfully searching for the body of a toddler who died in the wilderness. Uh, Senator Ernst said, this administration continues to encourage these dangerous journeys with their catch and release program, open door border policy. All I can tell you, Terry, is Joe Biden has a lot of blood in his hands. Not only on abortion, but also this. (sighs) And and you know what's the sickest part about it, Jesse? I mean, really sick. That he's a baptized Catholic. It's embarrassing for me to have to say that. I mean it because he's been given the gift of faith. And here, what he's doing is he's rejecting everything about his Catholic faith. Absolutely. Terry, his Catholic faith has no bearing on his moral conscience. Zero. None. Absolutely. His moral conscience is completely formed and given over to Satan through the Democrat political party platform. Well, you that, know that that's his worldview. That's the that's Democrat obvious. political party platform which comes from Satan. And you know, I I say that the Republicans have been pushing for these solutions to escalating crisis at the border. The number of illegal immigrants encountered at the border was 200,000 people in June. It's a decrease from the 240,000 in May. But the number of encounters is still at a historic high. Jess, let me ask you a question. What did, this is be honest, what did the Biden administration do to change what was going on with the Trump administration? Terry, the Trump administration had the most secure border policy in our lifetime. There's never been a president who had such a secure border policy that basically stopped 90% of the flow of people coming over mm-hmm. And even had the Mexican president cooperating with him. Their law enforcement and their soldiers were stopping people from coming over. Yeah. He gave incentives too, Jesse, to the Financial government. Yeah. He made it made yeah. it successful for the Mexican government to to cooperate with us. And you know what? That's a businessman, okay? That's the di- difference between a businessman and a, and a, po- a politician, politician, brother. That's a my politician. Career. Yeah. And, and Terry, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you. Why this is this is so dangerous for you know as 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 we look at the situation because who runs the borders right now? It's the drug cartels. Of course, the who are the drug cartels? These are gang members. These are high level, sophisticated, heavily armed Mexican gang members who, by the way, they've created their own religion. Yes, they worship Satan. The religion that they've created in Mexico, which now is an alternate religion to the Catholic faith, is called La Santa Muerte, which is the worship of Satan. So these drug cartel gang members have created their own religion because they reject the Catholic faith. So what they've done in Mexico, Terry, they've Mexico now, it's it's. It's a it's a drug culture. It's yeah. a narco culture. Mm-hmm. That's what these drug cartels have done, and they're organized. Yes, very. They're in bed with their government. Mm-hmm. The government, you know, receives money, you know, at the, at the back end, and they just kind of turn a blind eye, just like a horse with, uh, you know, with, whose eyes are covered. All they can do is just look straight ahead. 
And so these aren't these aren't like conventional little street gangs. These these are nar- narcotic, heavily heavily armed, connected with the government, satanic, high level gang members. J- Jesse, and, and, yeah, I, I gotta just say something. I, it sounds like I'm being partisan on this, but uh, you know, there's a lot of stuff coming across the border from drugs, fentanyl, killing over a hundred thousand people, and all this changed when the Biden administration came in. What the heck's going? What what did he do on that aspect? Because it seems like it's a mess from A to Z. Well, he he got rid of all Trump's uh, border border policy issues, mm-hmm. immigration issues. Yeah. And it's interesting if you read Donald Trump's immigration policy, it reads just like paragraph twenty two forty one of the Catechism <laughs> of the Catholic it's Church. Incredible! It, it's like I'm like what now, when I read Trump's border policy and immigration policy. And because I've read the catechism, I said, let me read that again. It sounds something like something sounds familiar. I read 2241. Terry, it's identical. <laughs> so, I'm telling you, somebody in his party, because oh, yeah. I've been told by Father Pavone that he had more good Catholic advisors than any other president. Somebody in his party said, uh, hey, hey, boss, we don't have to re- figure this out. Here's the template for how we're going to run our border, 2241. <laughs> I bet they had a meeting, and Trump says, I'm in. Sign, sign me up. Because that's exactly what he followed, Terry. It's so funny that, Jesse, just now, guess who just texted us? Father Frank Pavone saying, wow. want to touch base. Father, did you hear that? Oh, yes. <laughs> Father Frank Pavone, I just want to recommend people. I like to give him a commercial here. Uh, Priest for Life. Anybody who wants to get involved with the pro-life movement, get involved with Priest for Life. They're one of my favorite non- uh, nonprofit pro-life groups that I like to support, and I'd like you to support them also. Yeah, he's a uh, he's, Terry, he's he's uh, one of a he's one of a kind priest. Uh, he's my kind of priest. <laughs> yeah, Terry, and, and I'll tell you these uh, these cartels. Yeah, they're into again. They're if you think the Islamic uh, jihadists are bad, they do the exact same exactly. thing. Exactly, exactly. They behead people. Yep. They put your head on a pole so your family can see when they come home. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're into systematic raping. They have rape centers. Oh. Uh, uh, I, Horrible. I mean, yeah, th- these guys, th- th- these are they're as violent as the uh, terrorists, if not more. They torture people. I don't even want to get into no, we don't the things to. they do. They do they do ritual killing yep. for Satan. Yep. Uh, they're also involved, Terry. We've, there's also evidence that the cartels are involved in cannibalism. Yeah. Jesse, let's be honest. They're also into. Uh, Satanism. Yes. The, we, you well, they're you, Satanists. Yeah, but you've described it in Jesus nine one one. I've heard you talk about these guys. Uh, they're definitely uh, worshiping Satan. And let's imagine the things that they do. I, I just can't imagine them not doing it unless they were uh, influenced by satanic rituals. Yeah, absolutely, Terry. And I'll tell you what's what's happening in Mexico, which is very sad. Mm. Uh, Mexico has been. I mean, you know, 80 years of liberalism Mm -hmm. in Mexico, uh, you know, it's turned Mexico from a fledgling democracy into a drugocracy. That's what it is now. Mexico is not a democracy. It's a drugocracy. Mm, And I'll tell you, to to be honest, American liberals have helped to destroy Mexico. Why do I say that? Yeah. Because the United States is the largest consumer of drugs in the world. And, and and it has the highest drug users. Yep. 
And let's just be honest. Drug users are usually not daily mass attending Catholics that pray the rosary every day. Drug users are generally secular humanists, moral relativists that do not go to church, do not have practice the virtue of religion, and they vote Democrat. They're liberals. Yeah. So anytime any American, you know, any American liberal smokes a joint or snorts coke or pops some pills, guess what? He's putting money into the pockets of the drug lords in Mexico so that they can continue their trade of violence, murder, kidnapping, prostitution, human trafficking, terrorism, and greed. Jesse, I just had lunch with a Mexican cop from Southern California, and he told me the influence from the drug lords in Mexico here in Southern California, uh, they are operating on a regular basis. It's it's not it's not like the border stopping any communications. Oh, no. This is going on right in my backyard, brother. Yeah. Yep. Oh, sad. Hey Jess, when we come back, let's change gears. Man, this is bad. Now we're gonna talk about stealth yeah. evangelization through music and beauty. I love it. This is a great article by Father Billy Swan, and I think you're gonna be inspired. Because at the end of the show, that's what we want to leave you on. I'll be honest with you, Jess and I talk about it all the time. Let's lift them up with the gospel. And that's what we're going to do. So stay with us, family. You're listening to the Terry and Jesse Show on Virgin Most Powerful Radio. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. To join the conversation, call 888-526-2151. Now, here's Terry and Jesse. This is uh, where we fire off missiles of truth Amen. into the wall of lies. Love it. I love this, Terry. Father Billy Swan writes about stealth evangelization through music yep. and beauty. We're yes. going to end the show with the, on a high note here. Oh, yeah. This edition of the Gospels, the, the priest writes, got me thinking of the multiple ways the Word <laughs> of God can be communicated sure. through means other than the written Word. I think here is sacred art, mosaics, iconography, frescoes, architecture, and, of course, music. Mm -hmm. Over the century, it was through the medium of music that the psalms were prayed, the scriptures were proclaimed, and God was praised in the liturgy. Yeah, even the Jews use the liturgy. Absolutely. Music was and continues to be a wonderful gift from God through which, we can, through which He can speak to us and uplift us in worship and praise. From the Old Testament, we know that musical instruments like lyres and harps, were used, to, were used in temple worship by the Jews. The communal exercise of singing was central to the praise of God's people gathered in prayer. As it says in Psalm 138, I give you thanks, O Lord, with my whole heart. And as it says in Psalm 95, O come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to Him with songs of praise. Psalm 33, to sing a new song was to praise God for his salvation experienced by his people in new ways and in the present time. And uh, there's many psalms that talk about praising God. Psalm 96, Isaiah 42. Therefore, in the liturgical tradition of Israel, whose purpose was to draw believers into right praise and align hearts and minds to the divine life, music was an essential component. But how did this work? Terry? No, you keep going, Jess. This, I, I got something I want to comment, it. but you keep going. It was through the medium of music yep, the Spirit of God. that the Spirit of God acted and touched the lives of those who heard it, yep. who examples to illustrate. In his meeting with the kings of Israel and Judah, Elisha is asked by them for a prophetic word. Mm -hmm. Before Elisha uh, agreed, Elisha requested, quote, get me a musician. And then 
while the musician was playing, the power of the Lord came on him, the Bible says in 2 Kings 3.15. A second example is of David, whom we think of as a soldier and king, but perhaps often less as a musician. In the first book of Samuel, we're told that, quote, 1 Samuel 16.23, quote, Whenever the Spirit of God, whenever the Spirit from God came over Saul, David would take a harp and play. Saul would then be soothed. It would do him good, and the evil spirit would leave him. Close quote. So here in the Bible, we see two examples how the Spirit of God moves and acts through music very powerfully. Amen. Jess, let me just jump in. This is so beautiful because we know in the 4th century at Arianism, that's how it got promoted through music. So we can bring back our faith through it. This great musical tradition, he says, was carried forward in the early church's life of prayer and worship. Liturgical music had the quality and power to attune people to divine and touch them in ways that transcended words and reason. That's why when you go into a beautiful church, it's taking you into the next world, mm. spiritual world. Now, St. Augustine, back in 354 to 430 when he lived, famously wrote of a transforming effect of music on him. And I like this, Jess, because I've wept at music when it's really beautiful. Mm. How I wept during your hymns and songs. I was deeply moved by the music of the sweet chants of your church. Gregorian chant, yeah. Mm -hmm. The sounds flowed into my ears, and truth was distilled in my hearts. That's right from mm -hmm. the Confessions of St. Augustine. Mm -hmm. Just go on with the Middle Ages. This is all through our church. That's why we have to bring back sacred music, brother. Yes, uh, yeah. St. Hildegard of Bingen... She died in 1179. Mm -hmm. She understood the entire creation as a symphony of the Holy Spirit, yep. who was in himself joy and jubilation. She prayed the following in her book, Symphonia 26. She says, quote, To the Trinity be praised. Mm. God is music. God is life that nurtures every creature mm. in its kind. Yeah. Close quote. She then extended the analogy of music, describing the communion among all the saints as a, quote, symphony of the blessed, close quote. I love that, symphony of the yeah. blessed. Oh, my gosh. So as we seek ways to evangelize yes. today, these examples from Scripture and the saints provide inspiration. They take us back to the power of the Word of God, yep. carried by music, yep. to reach people and move them towards faith in Him. Exactly. Music is a great common denominator. Whether we're already committed believers or hardened skeptics, Beautiful music has the power to deepen our communion with God or at least open us up to a greater religious and pers and spiritual sensibility. Why? This, this last Music statement. pulls heartstrings. One more time. Music, music pulls, pulls heartstrings. Heart so Terry? true, Jesse. This is powerful. Leading people along the way of beautiful music towards the faith is also more winsome for it if it presents the gospel in the language of attunement and harmony. In the same way, we might invite someone to look at a painting or go into a church, admire its beauty. So we can give a gift of beautiful liturgical music. And I say, listen, as a way of drawing them closer to the beauty of divine. We could describe this as evangelization by stealth, where the message and music combined allow the spirit to touch the listener's soul. I can't tell you, Jesse, uh, sacred music does exactly that. And we got it from the Jews. Continue. Exactly. Terry, you know, uh, I've heard uh, Dr. Peter Kraft and others say yeah. that when God was creating the world in the book of Genesis, <laughs> I noticed, yeah. he, he, he created the angels yes. on day one of creation. So the angels were created. Right. The angels sung continuously 
as God created day two, day three, day four, day wow. five, day six. That's when we were created, yeah. Adam and Eve. Mm-hmm. And then day seven, he rested. But on day one is when he created the angels. And as God was creating everything out of nothing and day two, day, the angels were singing throughout. That's the tradition so of the Catholic Church, of the fathers of the church, and the tradition of the Jews. It says here, wow. so I mean, we might describe the work of Jesus as attuning our lives with us because of sin. <laughs> Each of us is out of tune exactly. to a greater or lesser extent with God. Great analogy. I love, I love it. Yeah. Our guitar strings are yeah. Yeah, out of, out of yeah. alignment. The work of the Holy Spirit is to move us back into tune and onto God's wavelength. We could say that this is what Jesus was trying to do by teaching parables yeah. such as the prodigal son. He invites his audience across the ages to tune into a new frequency, a new understanding, a new logic of love. When St. Paul urges the Philippian Christians to have, quote, the same mind as Christ Jesus, Philippians 2.5. He's urging them to attune themselves to Christ's mindset and away from their own. For us in the family of the church, the analogy of music also speaks effectively of promoting unity and harmony. This is why the Second Vatican Council spoke of music as, quote, promoting unity of minds in Sacrosanctum Concilium 112. Yes. Based on the words of St. Paul, who asked the church to be filled with the Lord, as you sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs among yourselves, singing and making melody to the Lord in your hearts. That's right in the Bible, Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18. While each life produces a unique note, each of those notes unite in the church to produce a beautiful hymn. If the church is a type of choir, then the participation of each of us is crucial, as each of us is called to holiness, so each of us is called to attune our lives anew to the life of God lest we be out of tune with the rest of the choir and so diminish the beauty of the song that we sing. Indeed, our role in the whole theodrama, this God drama, could be described as attuning ourselves to God's purpose for us. That is why, in The Lord of the Rings, Sam said of his adventure with Frodo, quote, I feel as if I was inside a song if you take, if you take my meaning, close quote. This musical theme was employed by Tolkien in his work, Silmarlarian, and by C.S. Lewis's creation story in The Magician's Nephew, where God sings the world into being. Again, that's the tradition of the Jews and the fathers of the church. Beethoven once said that music can change the world. If this is true, then it begins with with a change in me, caused by God's grace that draws me continually towards greater harmony with the movements of love, truth, and mercy within the Holy Trinity. May our lives sing a new song of praise each day as we meet in the church and may the hymn produced by the harmony of our voices and lives attract many along the way of beauty, moving us toward toward attunement with the God of beauty and the enchantment that leads to faith. Well said. Father Billy Swan, thank you. Now, I want people to know this was a priest of the Diocese of Ireland. He holds a degree in chemistry, and he worked for a number of years in the pharmaceutical company before he entered the seminary. He's a late vocation. Thank you, Father, for saying yes to your priesthood. He was ordained in 1998, and, uh, man, he went to uh, Rome, got his uh, doctoral systematic theology from Gregorian Gregorian University. He served four years as the director of the seminary. Wow. And he's currently administrator. He has a deep interest with the relationship between faith and science and the new evangelization and I might add, early Christianity in Ireland and priestly formation. Boy, he's a gem. We need more of them. Hey, if you're, if you're an old guy and you're thinking maybe God's calling you to the priesthood, hey, 
check it out. Uh, you know, there's there's good seminaries that you can get to. We'll send you in the right spot. But Father Billy Swanson, thanks for the Swan. Thanks for that article. It was very uplifting. Again, Jesse, we need to bring back the sacred. That's why the yeah. liturgy has to be sacred because that's beautiful, not mundane. When you when you have some knucklehead out in the Mediterranean saying mass on a raft. Okay, using that as an altar and having a good time with this, you know, gym shorts on, that does not uplifting. And that's what those are the sacrileges that are going on that we make reparation for. The sacredness needs to come back into our church so that the beauty will be there to bring people to Christ. You know, Terry, good music also can bring internal order. Oh, you and and, and bad music can cause internal disorder. Absolutely. Look at a rock concert, Terry, where everybody's smoking right. pot and taking their clothes off and cutting themselves. Yep. Bad music causes internal disorder. Good music causes internal order. Dr. E. Michael Jones, I'm quoting him from his book, Dion- oh, yeah. Dionysus Rising. He says this, quote, Music acts directly on the soul. Right. Disordered music leads to disordered lives, which leads to a disorder, to disorder in the state. Close quote. Father Basil Nortz in his lecture, Music Opus and Morality, yep. yeah, he says, music is the only entity that enters your soul without the consent of your Repeat will. Repeat that. That is such a profound statement. Music is the only entity that enters your soul without the consent of your will. Wow. This is, again, this is why the Roman philosopher Seneca said, vices more easily enter the soul while one is being entertained by music. Let's take a listen from this. Wow, that's powerful, Jesse. Hey, folks, you can take take this uh, hour that we just had. It's on a podcast today. You can send it to your friends and family, and that's how you promote Virgin Most Powerful Radio. Some of our shows have actually gone over 50% growth, some 100% growth from a year ago, and that's because of you, our listener. I'm going to give Jess those numbers later. He hasn't even heard this, but I'm telling you. I got the numbers. We're, We're growing, folks. Jesse, what state should we be living in, brother? Let's live in a state of grace. Don't live in a state of mortal sin. By the way, I'll be out of both shows tomorrow. I'm going to North Carolina. It's the first time I travel in two and a half months. Wow. Uh, Praise so, uh, God, I'm, Jess. It looks like I'm going back on the road. Uh, but yeah, let's live in a state of grace. Don't live in a state of mortal sin. Ray, pray your rosary every day. Read your Bible every day. <laughs> and remember, let's get holy or die trying, and I'll see you all Monday. You got it, Jess. And don't forget Our Lady of Fatima. Souls are going to hell because no one is there to pray and make sacrifices. Offer the sacrifices. For sinners, you can do it, Mom, Dad, everyone, kids. All right, God bless you. We'll see you again tomorrow. Same Christ time, same Christ station.